Hi guys, I'm William Brown and you're listening to the Wandering Brown Podcast. I'm the guy who fell in love with this world we call home. I venture off the beaten track, dive into different cultures and taste life through the eyes of others. I provide travel advice to get you started on your next journey. This podcast is for anyone interested in travel, history, languages and culture. I share my experiences during my travels and discuss various topics like living abroad, budget travel and the challenges of being black and Muslim while travelling. As a black British Muslim, I have a unique view developed from decades of travel. You need to find a black barber or where to get halal food? I've got you. If you're listening in then, most likely you're a travel monger like me. Or it's inside you, waiting to be unleashed. So sit back, enjoy and fulfil your wanderlust needs. So just introducing my sister Roberta, who's uh, basically just thought of some questions and things that she wants to go through with me. And uh, we'll take it from there. Hi, Roberta. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you mentioned being black in China, and um, there's a lot going on right now regarding that. So I think it's important that we have this discussion and mm-hmm. um, see your views on that. Mm-hmm. So firstly, what even made you, what made you go to China to work and live there? <laughs> um, well, to be honest, I didn't plan to go to China uh, originally. Um, I just wanted to I just wanted to get out of the country. I just wanted to get out of the UK and mm. I was just thinking anywhere, really. I was just thinking um if I can get a job teaching abroad, whether it be in the Middle East, whether it be Morocco, whether it be mm-hmm. anywhere, let, let me just uh, just get myself out basically. I'd been working uh, for a company called AO for about 5 years and I just didn't feel like there was any development uh, for myself mm-hmm. the whole time that I was there so I just thought just needed a, f- a fresh start and um, yeah just only I'd only just got married at that time as well so uh, for me um, it was about like discussing with my wife what kind of things she wanted I know that she wanted to live abroad and uh, I just thought yeah I just asked and we just decided to uh, go abroad um, but I think the reason why we went to China in particular um, We've been to Taiwan, actually, the year before, teaching in Taiwan, and um, <clears throat> it was really, really nice in Taiwan. Uh, it was a bit difficult uh, with the language barrier at first, but, you know, we got around that, and, uh, yeah, it was, we enjoyed it. But then we came back to the UK, and I was applying for jobs in the Middle East, um, and then jobs kept coming up for China, really, really well-paid jobs, and I just thought, you know what... <laughs> I'm just going to apply for them as well. Mm, and then, might as well. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, that was it, really. Um, it was mainly because of, I'd say the money and maybe even a, a deep desire to learn Mandarin as well because I, I've been learning Mandarin in Taiwan. So I guess that really made me think that if I was in China, again, I can improve on my Mandarin. Um, oh, yeah, when I was younger as well, uh, when I was about 16 or 17, I've been... Um, wishing <laughs> that I could live in China at some point in my life. Really? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I don't even know why. Let I bought I bought a Atlas. Actually I do know why. It's because I used to watch Dragon Ball Z and there was a character in there called Tien. Oh okay. okay. Yeah, Tien. And um I I've tried to Google where this name came from mm. and it came up with Tian Shen, which is in uh, China. Oh, so okay. I bought a map, an Atlas, put it on my wall Mott Tianzhen. 
This is where I'm going to live. That's mad because most people that watch anime just go straight to Japan, like myself. Like, yeah. You just think animation, Japan. Yeah. That's, that's for me anyway. So for you to just pinpoint one character and say, yeah, China. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's mm. uh, It was literally um, just like that, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned um, the language barriers. So you said that um, it was difficult at first. Was that like to get around, to communicate? Like how did you manage to actually find your way around China when you was living there, things like that? Um, well, in... It... Because I, I, I knew a little bit of Chinese already from living in Taiwan, it wasn't as difficult. Um, the characters are a bit different from uh, the characters in Taiwan because they use traditional characters in Taiwan. Oh, as... okay. I thought you meant people's characters. But oh, no, no. <laughs> the <laughs> no. language. Okay. Sim- the Chinese um, Mandarin characters. So, right, right. Yeah, they use simplified characters in China. So, um, yeah, with just with my basic um, level of Chinese or Mandarin, uh, it wasn't too difficult to get around, but there's a lot of expats as well. There's like a lot of foreigners living in Nanjing, uh, okay. where where we lived. So it made it easier as well, like especially for my wife because she knows very actually next to nothing um, when it comes to uh, Mandarin. Mm-hmm. So uh, for her, she found it a lot easier than living in Taiwan because you know there was a lot of English there, a lot right. more than we'd we encountered in Taiwan. Okay. So you spoke about you, you did find it a bit easier in terms of knowing a, a bit of Mandarin. Mm. So what difficulties did you face while living and working in China? Um, <clears throat> I think the difficulties really, um, again though, is the language barrier. <laughs> <laughs> because, uh, because even though I do know a certain level, you know, it's, it's kind of like Chinese people, they'll they'll they don't really know that much english a lot of them so when you start speaking to them in chinese they're like oh you know chinese and then they just start speaking <laughs> yeah. to you very very quickly and you're like oh no what are you saying yeah, now not that much <laughs> yeah. <Slow> down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and they talk so fast and i'm saying in chinese please slow down please slow <laughs> yeah. down that's and, such an important phrase yeah <laughs> any language yeah honestly it's just it's really important but um i think yeah the, the language barrier still was a bit of a diffi- uh, difficulty but um uh the other challenges uh i would say about working there so you spoke about living there mm. what was the challenges working in china then working just because you don't really know uh how business is run in in china mm. so like you're just taking the word for it from the 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 people that um translate for you you know um like the hr staff they right. basically tell you this is how it goes here and um you just have to believe what they're saying you know mm. you know so to a certain degree you you don't know if what they're saying is 100% right you know you just mm-hmm. go in with it yeah. you know like for example give you an example um the hr staff got me a phone and uh, he told me no this is the only phone that you can use and i said but i have a phone already i've got an a uh, Samsung, mm-hmm. I can just put in a, a chip in there, and he said, "No, it won't work. It won't work." But then, after living there for like so many months, I found out that um, actually he took me to a specific network that only uses <laughs> Chinese phones. Mm-hmm. So if he had a, actually tried a, the other two networks, I could have got that. So yeah. it's just that those kind of things um, where you just don't know how things run, mm-hmm. and uh, that did make it a bit challenging. I suppose as well. The other thing is that in work, um, 
you know, when you're dealing with children that uh, have no knowledge of English at all mm-hmm. as well, yeah. and you're trying to manage them, you know, mm-hmm. two-year-olds, three-year-olds, I mean, four-year-olds. It's, it's challenging it when they do know English. Exactly. So <laughs> exactly. So it's... That's crazy. It, it can be quite challenging, but um, I think because I know a little bit of Chinese, you know, I can kind of, like, uh, manage them a little bit well, and I manage children quite well, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, what was it like being a black teacher in the school then, the children, Chinese children? That. Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was funny because like they're like when they see you, like, oh, Tiana, which is like my God. What am I, You know, <laughs> it's really funny. They, and then they're like touching me. They're like touching my arm and feeling my skin and, um, right. like. Just, just like wow. He's not like scared. Well, actually, a few kids hmm. will probably be a little bit scared. But I think generally, kids when they see a stranger, they are yeah, quite scared yeah. anyway. But most kids when they first see me, you know, they're like wow, like look at him, you know. <laughs> yeah. They're like look, look, you know, in Chinese. Aww, so that is it was good. Um, the, I had one kid. He did say, oh, it's uh, in Chinese again. He said, it's uh, the black teacher. <laughs> and I was like, I said, I'm not called black teacher. You can just call me teacher. <laughs> that is like that innocence in kids, I guess. Yeah. They yeah. just, call, they see it and call it how they see it. Kind yeah. Of but but um, yeah. that seems, it's kind of like a nice experience in terms of children wise. But did you experience any like forms of racial discrimination or anything then outside work or in work? Um, he, uh, so in terms of racial discrimination, like I'd have to say, like between covert and overt uh, discrimination, mm. um, there was a bit of overt discrimination I received covertly. Like I did not receive any at all. Yeah. Like I always felt like I was treated fairly by my company. You know, mm. I won a best teacher award, best foreign teacher award, <laughs> oh, nice. which was like really like mad. Mm. Um. Like, I didn't realize that they really appreciated me that much, but mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know they appreciated me, but like, it really showed. Like, but overtly, now this is the difference. Like, the culture of China is really different to over here, and um, they've been uh, quite a homogenous society, which is like uh, without in foreigners for for a very long time. Mm-hmm. It's only in like the eighties where they started to. Um, interact with the rest of the world yeah. and that's because they closed themselves off you know um, due to well basically having bad history with uh, the Europeans mm-hmm. you know the opium wars and whatnot uh, but that's another story so yeah mixing with uh, black people um, you will get like people like I've, I, I, the overt racism that I've seen is like people will when you go to sit down on the metro they might move across to the other seat Oh, wow. Which was a bit like you know really embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Not embarrassing. I feel I say it's embarrassing, but I just feel like it's like why would you do that? Mm-hmm. You know, no, there's, uh, there's no point. There's, yeah. there's no just just stay until yeah, yeah. <laughs> just stay until you stop it and mm-hmm. go or whatever. Um, what else? Uh, I see like like when I'm walking, maybe in Chinese, I see oh mama, look, it's a it's a black man. But they, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it's more. They don't actually say black man. They normally say foreign man. Like why go, why go in, why go in, why go in is what they normally say. But um, another overt race, uh, 
situ uh, situation I, I had was when um, I was applying for a new job and I had an agent, Chinese agent, looking for some new schools for me. And I remember she said that um, I applied for this school and I was like, yeah, what did they say? And then she said, oh, I didn't, um, I didn't uh, get anything back from them. And I was like, what do you mean? Hmm. She's like, well, to be honest with you, they actually said that um, he's black. <laughs> 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 and uh, oh, we're yeah. looking just for white teachers. And I was like, wow. You know what? I'm glad that you told me that because I would never want to work for anyone yeah. that's like that anyway. Like you're fortunate to actually know that. So yeah. That's the reason. Yeah. Even as, as bad as it is, but yeah. at least you know. Because you could have been there and then find out, oh, exactly. you didn't want me to be here in the first place. Exactly, like I'm second best or yeah, something yeah. like that. Mm -hmm. So I know that like um, a lot of schools, and it's not because they, it's not because they dislike black people. Mm -hmm. I think it's more because they're thinking of a business and they think that white people will attract more business. Right, right. And I think it's that way around, mm -hmm. how they look at it. Um, because the majority of the time, um, most of the parents, or not most of the parents, a lot of parents will ask, you know, what's his English like? And if he's, if he's black and he's coming from Africa, they're thinking that he's not going to oh, have that kind of okay. British accent. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's going to have like a broken English type mm -hmm. of accent. Yeah, so, and they want their child to learn proper yeah. English. So, right. but... Um, don't get me wrong, there is definitely uh, a certain level of racism in China. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't think it's anything more than what we experience in the UK or in the West, you mm -hmm. know, in terms of like uh, covert racism. Yeah. But, it's funny because a lot of people love to point at these countries that um, stories come out in terms of ra racial activity and racism. But it's like, you can literally go outside in your, your own country and it's the same thing there. Mm, but people yeah. are so quick to just say, ah. Oh, Look at this, this country, they're so yeah, racist. Yeah, exactly, exactly. England is so racist right now. Exactly. But not right now, but so it has been. But. Exactly, so... But, um, okay, so moving away from racism and racial discrimination, what are some of the things that you did like about living in China and dis and disliked as well? Well, <laughs> well, to be honest, like I, I, I miss China a lot right now. Like I would love to be there. But at the same time, let me tell you the reason what I like about China. Like, for example... The technology over there is just like so advanced, yeah. you know, just like with the delivery service, like food deliveries or um, just like a parcel service, things like this in terms of like vehicles, like the, mm. the, the electric mopeds. I have my own electric moped out there from mm. my little baby. Look how much you're smiling right now. <laughs> <laughs> I miss it, man. I miss it so much. And Aww. just Chinese people as well, like for all the bad things that people think that Try like say about bad Chinese people. Chinese people, they, they, they're very friendly. You know, like they're very. Um, they want to know you. They want to know more about you. Yeah. You know, even though they do keep to themselves a bit, but at the same time, you know, they want to to learn about mm. why are you coming to our country. And I like that interaction. Yeah. And I just like learning Chinese as well. So the more I speak it, you know, I miss that. Uh, the difficult, the bad things, the bad things. Well, <laughs> um, getting called foreigner, why go in? You know, people just randomly just getting their phone out and recording you in public. Mm. That's pretty annoying. I mean, I don't mind if people ask me for a picture. Yeah, which it I would is, say, yeah, it's a big difference. I, yeah, that, yeah, like I would be like, yeah, of course. You know what I mean? I feel, I feel like a superstar. <laughs> yeah. But at the same, <laughs> at the same time, I just don't like it when um, people just record you and then pretend like they're not recording you mm. and you know that kind of things and you don't want to come across like you don't want to confront them and it's like seems as aggressive or it's yeah 
that must be such a weird awkward situation yeah no just... definitely it's um it's it's a weird one i i try to think of different ways to combat it so yeah. like sometimes i would just get out my phone and start recording them <laughs> <laughs> or i would start talking in chinese like like say if i'm with my friend or my yeah. wife i'd say to my wife uh, in chinese oh look at them people over there <laughs> They're taking pictures of us <laughs> in Chinese, yeah. really loud. And then yeah. the, the, the people would like look at it and be like, oh, put that phone down. <laughs> I actually watched a video today online and it was um, this guy getting his nails done in a Chinese salon. Mm. And um, she was speaking to her colleague saying, um, oh, why are they filming? Oh, and then she said something about them being crazy. And yeah. He says in Chinese to her, you do know I can speak Chinese. <laughs> and she's like, huh? <laughs> But um, the video does cut there, but I did see a comment saying someone said they watched the full video and yeah. they actually did have a conversation and it was nice. But the way they posted it online was just like, oh gosh, she just got caught out. But yeah, yeah, it's funny. I always, <laughs> I think that's one of my biggest motivations of learning languages. I'm like, I just want to be in a situation where someone's speaking about me. I'll be like, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly, it's a good feeling like <laughs> to like know exactly what they're saying yeah. and be able to be like, well, I'm taking part of this conversation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I ain't leaving me out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> okay, so um, why do you think it is then? You've mentioned a few things already, but um, why do you think that black people do have a more difficult time living in China compared to other foreigners? Um, okay, so I think the reason why black people probably find it more difficult is because of the... Um, the kind of negative stereotypes that mm. uh, black people have got or have been shown in by Western media. Um, so if you think about it, like in China, right, a, a lot of people, a lot of people, one point five billion people, are not going to have any interaction with black people at all. Mm. The only kind of interaction that they have is through the media, yeah. and what they see through the media tends to be negative images. So they hear that um, black people come from Africa, Africa is poor, uh, Africa people are starving, African people uh, probably have diseases like AIDS or mm -hmm. HIV. Um, in America, African um, Afro-Americans, they rob, they steal, they do sell drugs, mm -hmm. you know. In the movies, you know, they're showing like them as the, you know, like gangsters, gangsters and, and all these kind yeah. of things. So you got to think of it like, this is all they know really of, a, of black people. So, and then what they do know of white people in comparison is like, they see them like prosperous, like businessmen, mm -hmm. you know, your investors, yeah. you know, all doctors, these things. Yeah. Doctors, lawyers, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Doctors, lawyers, these are the kind of things. And obviously Chinese people, they love money. They mm -hmm. really love yeah. money. <laughs> so if they see that, you know, white people are doing this, and then black people are shown to be doing this. Mm -hmm. Which one are you going to like really go after and tell you, yeah. your children to stay away from? Mm -hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like that. But I think the more that they interact with black people, especially in like the cities, Nanjing, yeah. Beijing, Shanghai, um, these stereotypes are actually challenged and broken down. And um, like I have brilliant like friend group in mm -hmm. friends groups in China uh, who just I just feel respected mm -hmm. and loved and... You know, I've made some great friends. Yeah. So. It's true that I've, I remember when I, um, I was asked about when I travel by myself as a black female, someone said, um, do you not experience all this racism in all these countries? But um, one friend made the point saying, I visit a lot of cities 
So to me, I've not really had much. Um, I don't think I've had really a racial encounter in the country and I think, oh my gosh, they treated me this way. But they said, you tend to go to cities. If you went to the countryside or outside the cities, that's when they've had less exposure to black people. So that's where you might experience mm. more of these things. So um, the cities are more, like you said, it's, it's kind of that interaction is broken and breaking it down. So they have more acceptance, the more yeah, intrigued yeah. in a more polite way kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I do think it does depend on where you are in a country yeah, to what, how you experience that country. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Nice. So, um, on that note, what advice would you give to black people then who are either thinking of moving to China or even living there already? Um, I I would say the best advice is, I think this is with anyone really, have an open mind because mm-hmm. you're coming from a culture which is completely different to the culture over there. Yeah. You know, some things that are normal over there are not normal here. Some things that are normal here. Are not normal over there, mm-hmm. you know. Over there, they stand and stare, you know. They yeah. don't. It's not. They don't feel like it's rude. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. yeah. Certain things, people just cough and spit in the street, mm. you know. Whereas we, it's quite disgusting over here, yeah. you know. So you gotta have an open mind. Um, try not to to go with any prejudgments, um, and just basically, be willing to, just to kind of not integrate. No, yeah, to integrate, but to kind of like dive into the culture mm-hmm. really more than anything um yeah just just basically keep an open mind i would say is probably the best thing uh more for black people for would you say it's important to educate people as a, a black person because you you're becoming like the advocate for mm-hmm. black people in a way even if you've not asked for that position but now they're looking at you, they want all these kind of answers because they're intrigued. Yeah, now this How... is another thing actually. It's a good thing that you just brought that up because mm-hmm. like um, when I talk to other black people who are in China and um, they tell me about like some, maybe an experience, negative experience that they had mm-hmm. and they've just like told someone to like F off, stop filming me or you know, oh, you've treated me really badly and they kick off with them. And I yeah. say, look, you know, definitely defend yourself in any kind of situation i understand that mm-hmm. but also remember you're a representative yeah. for black people and you want to basically show um that black people are group people mm-hmm. you know so at the same time you know you need to really try to conduct yourself in a, 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 good, a good way good manners and you know try and be a respectful person in that way mm-hmm. um but definitely obviously challenge any kind of like racism that you you have like um, my last school, um, it wasn't racism, but they, they said to me, can I cut my beard off? Right. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm not going <laughs> to cut my beard off. Mm. They were like, yeah, but the children might be scared. I said, I worked in Nanjing for like one year. The yeah. children love me. It, if anything, the children love my beard. Yeah. And they kept touching it, wanting to, uh, you know, see, feel it. They kept saying, da ho lao which means big, big beard teacher. Wow. You know, they loved it, loved mm-hmm. it. So I was like, no, I found that a bit rude, but I, you know, I dealt with it in a, I felt in a professional way, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I was quite stern and, you know, so <clears throat> I think just stand your ground, but at the same time, try not to be rude, try not to descend into, like, um, what they see black people as, as you know, maybe a little bit more savagery. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a hard one. You do really have to read the situation and kind of yeah. see what kind of impact you would have. Because even whether you're in a different country or not, you will experience those social biases. Mm. Even in your workplace, in your hometown, you might feel like, oh, I need to act this certain way so they don't think I'm going to be 
that stereotypical black woman or whatever things like that yeah but um, yeah. no that's really important for people who are thinking about being there mm-hmm. that's a really good point to make um i think that is all my questions for in terms of <laughs> being black in china um no i really appreciate it okay. your answers and i learned a lot even though we spoke a lot while you was there um obviously you can't update me on every little thing that happens to you every day when you was there but um it's nice to get that insight Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for uh, having a little discussion about that. No problem. I'm sure we'll be having a lot more discussions <laughs> on other topics in the future. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who took the time out to listen to the Wandering Brown podcast. I'm really excited to share with you all any insights and tips I've gained from my travel experiences. My aim is to provide you all with weekly podcasts on various topics. I just want to ask you, please, can you support my channel by hitting the subscribe button, drop me a like, a short review or a comment. I really appreciate the feedback and I'll even read out your comments in my future podcasts. Thank you once again, and I'll see you all on the next episode.